Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? So in the studio today, in the remote studio, I'm joined by Shirin Danesh. Shirin is a smart and well-connected executive and leadership coach and mentor for the New Age Leaders. Her career started out as a software engineer, but she swiftly moved into digital product acceleration and business transformation using agile frameworks uh, in both startups and large enterprises. Shirin is known as a time bender. I'm going to repeat that one more time. She is no, because we've already shifted in time, right? She is known as a time bender. Her superpower is fast tracking growth and progress. She works with entrepreneurs. Yes, those who have entrepreneurial traits, yet decide to remain in the corporate world. Her mantras include level up. So this is to be seen as the master of your craft in your space with integrity and honesty. I really like that. Uh, she like, she uses land. So tap into 80% of the unadvertised job market and get a higher profile role. How does that sound, listeners? Hey, that was, Some of you are already lifting your ears and going, I could do with some of that. She, she uses the phrase lead, which is to lead an impactful change and elevate. So from unseen manager to sought after leader. Shirin is an author of the Amazon bestseller Level Up from Unseen to Sought After. She challenges cliches in the corporate world and has, I have to say, a very, very vibrant energy and uh, sort of super positivity about her. Um, now, I encourage you to listen to this whole episode. Um, that's not a trick to try and make you listen without nothing, no meaning at the end of it. Because at the end of this interview, Shirin is going to give an exclusive giveaway to one or more of your listener, of my listeners. Um, that's up to her, how many she gives away. But it's an exclusive to um, actually um, work with her. So Shirin, welcome to So Watch Your Story. Um just for the listeners' benefit here, I'm in Cheshire, England right now. You're in Sydney, Australia, right? I am. And I don't know what to say after that lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> Normally when you... Well, well, you better think of something quick because we're going to have some time together. Because <laughs> normally when you come on board to um, a you know talk or a podcast, you say, thank you so much for having me. But now I'm speechless. Was that about me? <laughs> that was about you. And it wasn't just me saying that and, and creating that wonderful introduction. That's pulled from lots of information about you online and all of your accolades and everything else and, and clients and everything else. So beautiful to have you with me in the studio today, Sharon. And, you know, I, I can't wait for this to unravel because we're going to have some fun together. We're going to challenge a few cliches that are put in the corporate world, but we're also going to talk about leadership and, and your, 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 your skill sets and how you help individuals become much better versions of themselves. Um, I don't know where to kick off with this, and but I, I think, you know, maybe we should start on um, your career, starting out as a software engineer, okay? Um, how did you and why did you decide that tech was your entry into the world of, of working, right? I'm excited. We're going to have fun. Well, to start with, I don't get credit for this. My dad one day bought a computer and said this is the future go figure and I think that's what I did <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know sort of software engineer 
obviously we live in a world now where where, where and I had a guest on on on, on last week's show um, who 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 sort of really gets amongst data. You know, data being considered one of the most valuable commodities on the planet right now. But he made a point of yeah, data's data's valuable, but if you don't use it the right way, then then it's not really got any value at all. And you know, so you went on to digital acceleration and business transformation, but then. Where was the gear shift for you, Shirin, in seeing in this in this world of, uh, of corporations, yeah. perhaps people who were in those organisations but weren't being recognised? Was that something that, that came to you early on? Actually, it didn't. So the story is this. Um, I was, my career had three parts. I used to say that I cook. And then I became a coach and I stand next to people while they're cooking to make refinements. And then when I went to transformation was the time that I was building kitchen for others to cook. So there are three different types of work. One of them is building something. The other one is helping others to build. And the other one is setting up environments to do what they need to do. And, um, what was happening is that at any point of time, I was looking at, okay, what's the problem? What are we really trying to do? And is there any other way of doing this? So that at any point of time helped me or just basically triggered me to do something different. I remember I was changing jobs so often that I couldn't tell my mom that I'm changing my job again. <laughs> What's what's your ta- what's your take what's your take on that, Sharon? Let me let me jump in there. You know, you say you said you had a number of jobs. You were changing your job often. Your mum, you, you didn't tell your mum because she she you know she was possibly of that generation where oh you should get a job. You should, you should like, like my dad, right? It's one one company, twenty seven years. Um, so, but um, what 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 was your what was your take on that? Why why were you changing jobs and and did you think it mattered? Well, the honest answer is that I was getting something better that was paying more and I was enjoying it. (laughs) But I couldn't tell this one to people because they used to think that I'm getting fired and I'm hiding it. So I had to like prove that, look, this is my 5%, 10% increase in salary. This is now I'm going to bank. And of course, when they knew that I'm working in a bank, they knew that banks will do background check. They get the best that they could get. So it's just she's not making it up. But what's wrong with this girl? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's people's perceptions, obviously, you know, in most most cases, isn't it? It's like, you know, I don't think it matters particularly as long as you're not doing something unscrupulous. But if you're if if it's if it's on a journey of of um, self improvement, um, then then why is that a bad thing? And and I think in in recent times. A lot of people have gear shifted often, often haven't they? Um, yes. You know, the 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 the, the, the um, world of recruitment um, is is getting tighter and tighter to get the correct talent. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people are being pulled from role to role often. Mm-hmm. There are two parts to it. Um, one is we are in an era that we need to be multidisciplinary, being people that knows more than just one craft. Because traditionally, if you look at um, industrial era, there was a production line and you were placed in this part of the production line and you needed to be specialized in that. So it was all about um, efficiency and productivity. So specialization is coming from there. Um, The product was defined, the product line was defined. So it was just you come in as part of that system and you do that. But if you look at now, the final product is not there. So we are innovating and thinking what's the next thing. And the path to building it, there's no conveyor belt, you know, because you just got to figure out how to build something that you don't know what it is exactly. We need to be knowing more than just one craft, one discipline. You need to be multidisciplinary. Yeah. Does that does that dilute things though a little bit, Sharon? Do you think it doesn't? It allows for innovation. You know, a lot of uh, innovative companies, such as you know the Swatch uh, watch that 
is the plastic one. That was innovation between toy factories and traditional craftsmanship of watchmakers in Switzerland. Wow. Two very unrelated. Who would put plastic toys and the high quality craftsmanship of Swiss watch together? If you think of uh, Apple and this sleek designs, this was calligraphy from India and the latest technology in San Francisco. So when you have people that they have worked in different companies, different industries, different crafts, you will come up with new solutions, innovative ideas, and something great will happen. I love that. I love the way you use these metaphors as well, you know, uh, of building. And then earlier on, you mentioned the, the kitchen and cooking. And I love the way you do that. So it's so cool. Um, so let's talk about you work with entrepreneurs who have entrepreneurial traits in the corporate world. I really want, I, I'd love to just drill down on this a little bit more if we can, because firstly, let's start off with the term entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. What is an entrepreneur, Shirin? So entrepreneur is traditionally known, the person that goes and sets up a business and creates an asset. And if you are a successful entrepreneur, you would be able to sell that asset, sell that company or grow it and make him make an exit. So that's very known in San Francisco and a lot of innovation hubs. But there are people inside large corporates that in those constructs, they grab new things and they offer a new service or they offer a new product. So we call those ones entrepreneurs. They have that blood in them. They have that genes, that there's fires inside, but they haven't um, gone off to the wild world and setting up their own companies and, you know, raising right. money and um yeah so that's a very different game they stayed in the corporate but they still think that way i understand okay yeah and and, and you know I, I can think of many examples where i've had colleagues where you know that they're they're in a role and you, you think to yourself wow you know th this person's another level what why, why are they why are they here you know the, the way they think that they're, they're outside the box they're, they're sort of very creative they, they 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 don't see problems they see they see answers yeah. um and you know uh, that, that, yeah that, that's really interesting um where where how do you then work with is that the type of person that you're often working with Sharon? i was one of them and i am one of them <laughs> i am not training them because it's truly harder to be doing innovative work inside a construct that is already set. I was working in a bank and I was like, we either, I either restructure and redesign a process or we come up with a new product or new service. So I'm constantly changing something. I'm a change agent. And there were phrases that they were saying, but that's how we do it in the bank. That's how it's done here. I'm like, oh, Firstly, I needed to control my blood pressure here. So why am I here? <laughs> Secondly, why do you think this corporate has higher power than, over you? It doesn't. We created these companies. We can change them. So it's harder because there is a lot of predefined uh, processes, ways of working, structures and all that in place. Also, there's a lot of old mindset in place that you need to change. Yeah. But the point is you also have a lot of resources and assets and people and experience. So as opposed to a startup that you are, like most people are, don't have much experience, but they have a lot of passion. So there's pros and cons. And I always say I used to be like a um, double agent. I go from because I used to work in the startups and scale-ups as well. So I go from a startup and scale-up to the large enterprises and take the dynamic thinking and this movement to them. And I go from the large enterprises to scale-ups and I bring process, structure, framework, investment models. 
<laughs> so you can take goods from each one to the other side. Um, but the core of things, the point that you were making, Ian, was um, doing innovative work in large enterprises is doable. And there are a lot of people are thirsty for it, wanting it. And you just need to give them those new ways of managing, designing, creating. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And, and as I say, I, you know, the, the, the more I, I sort of um, sort of think about this, you know, there's so many examples of, of what, what you're, you're highlighting there. And yeah, you're right, you know, in, in, in a big corporate enterprise organization that, that's probably got a lot of history behind the, mm-hmm. the business as well. That there seems to be this well, you know, almost a well, um, you know, to use the 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 everyday cliche. Well, that's the way we've always done mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, so, <laughs> but 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 people like like yourself, like Simon Sinek, like 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 you know, a lot of uh, influential uh, change agents will always start with why. Yeah. You know what, what, what? You know, I know we've always done it that way, but why? Why should? Why are we going to continue to do it that way? Um, because here's here's a potential process that we could implement that might make us more efficient, uh, faster to market, uh, just doing it differently, give us an increased profit margin, mm-hmm. you know. And, and of course, when when senior leaders hear these these um, uh, phrases, um, their ears tend to prick up of, of, of oh, okay, yeah, well, um, why are we doing it that way? You know, so uh, yeah, and it's it's an inter- it's it's a really interesting one. So I like one of your quotes that you put out recently which was some of us are building from point zero no inheritance no connections no backups just blood sweat and skills i love that <laughs> um and, and and it's 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 common isn't it but there are there are a lot of people that have this perceived advantage over others because they've got a head start they've got no money problems they've got you know they they might have a, a higher degree of education but what's your what's your view on on on, on let me let me just you know what is that where is that statement coming from Shirin? i have a lot of clients that they have built from stuffing envelopes i work with senior managers i have two groups of clients one of them or friends um that one of them is the ones that they are one level below C-levels, um, C-suite, exec, and they want to go higher. These are people that they're really good. They built up themselves, their skill set from scratch and from nothing. They don't have connections. Either they are expat or migrants or coming from really um, rural parts of the country. And um, yeah, nothing. They're just building up. And they want to go higher, but they don't know how. So I can come in and help. The second groups are the ones that they already built. They are already there. They are in C-level positions. And they say to me, Shireen, I've hit my targets. I have my house and my kids, my husband, my wife, they are set. House is paid. I don't know what I want to be doing when I grow up. And this is a senior guy. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, I get it. So they are after creating a legacy. They want to do something bigger. Mostly these people are internal looking. Um, So they're looking at their organizations. They do solid work. Like they don't have any, they're killing it. But internally when we're talking, they say, I don't know what I'm going to do. So... Some of them, they need to pivot or what we say in, you know, normal language is just like they've been pigeonholed. So it's like, I can't be doing this one. I have another 10, 20 years in corporate land. I can't be doing this again more. It's like, okay, we can do something about it. Um, but yes, that's, that's a real story. When you talk to these people on top, the sacrifices they've made, how they built from scratch is beautiful. But no one sees that from outside. Everything that they say, mm-hmm. oh, they are CTO of this airline. They, they weren't born there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's often a, a, a much of a big backstory, isn't there, there? Is. Of, of the sacrifices, you know, in, in their personal lives, in, in their relationships, in, in, in their 
in their family lives. You know, there's, there's there's more often than not a lot of sacrifice. And what I'm hearing there, Shirin, if 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 I may shift it a little, uh, is to say, isn't it? Interesting that a senior executive who I'm sure is highly respected and who has, you know, hit all of those the, those goals, uh, whether they be the corporate company's goals or personal goals and achieve them, gets to that pinnacle and then says, well, what next? Yeah. And, and it's almost like it's almost like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm going to draw this comparison. It's almost like um, in relationships, you know, with, 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 with someone close to us, that if we don't keep not reinventing ourselves, that's not right. But if we don't keep the relationship alive, then it, it can potentially become stale. It can then, you know, potentially start to wean away. It can potentially end. Yes. I use the word, the word that you use, Ian, I love, and I use it a lot, reinvent. So in normal world, first time I heard the word reinvent was um, used about Madonna that how she has kept herself um, relevant yeah. in market over all these years. And she is still a top, top um, star. And didn't know you can use the word reinvent about a human because invention for me was coming about patent and trademark and all of that. I didn't know what's the meaning of that. And I use that word because the technical executive coaching term for reinventing is called pivot. So you pivot your career. That's the technical term. But I love the word um, reinvent for human beings. And for a relationship, I use revitalize. Nice. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? And, And we've had a bit of a giggle offline and, and I've seen your, I've seen your, um, posts on LinkedIn recently. Um, shall we, do you think this might be a nice time for us to pivot or uh, reinvent? <laughs> um, so shall, shall we, shall we now? And, and the, and the one, the one that I really liked was, um, when you recently said empower, mm. you recently said, if I hear this one more time, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> That's true. Right? So, so let, let's start, let's start to um, pull out. We could, we could probably go all day on this. So let's, let's keep it, let's keep it limited, but let's pull out some words in the corporate world, which are overly used terms. And really because they're overly used, they are so diluted. Um, so I'm going to kick off with that one empower Shirin why are you sick of hearing empower generally and I talk about being human at work as opposed to being professional so for being human you just talk the way you talk to people and for me the test is this if you are talking in the, in a meeting or in a sales call or I don't know in a board presentation if you have to talk in a way that in a, in a set, different set of language, something is off because that's not how you talk to your mates, to your sister, to your brother, to your partner. What happens that we enter this building and suddenly we talk differently? And I'm not talking about technical terms. You know, if you are talking about a specific accounting term or a specific engineering term, oh yeah, that has a name and we use the name for it. But something like we empower our people. Firstly, do you have any power over them that you need to empower? Second one, just say we give our people the tools they need to do their job. Simple. Wow. You see that? that, And that is it, isn't it? We give our people the tools they need to do their job. Wrong with that? You know, um, I've always said, you know, a lot of people overcomplicate things. And and you know in in the world of sales that there's there's a there's a, an old there's an old uh, uh, phrase kiss keep it simple yes. stupid right <laughs> because we because you can, you can really overcomplicate something and if you want to throw in big words and everything else yeah you can right but there's but there's a, there's a lot of um, corporate terminology as as we've said Shirin that is really why why do you want to use it so I kicked off with empower what are some of your other pet 
cleave word, Shirin. Come on, let, let's have a, let's have a dance around this one. Um, uh, what about empathy? What about empathy? Is that is that is that, is that... It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, empathy is quite a heavy one. It you know, actually it took me a while to. I had to at the early stages of coaching. Of course, we need to learn all these um, different characteristics, different traits, and know the technical terms for them. But, you know, empathy and sympathy was one of the most difficult ones that one needs to get in order to be able to either operate as a coach or as a parent or as a good human. So when I hear it every day, I'm like, can you just use, we care about people. We care about yeah, you. Yeah, we care about you. It's, it's a very simple thing as opposed to being empathic or empathetic. It's just like, it doesn't even, like, do you say that to your loved one? Um. I feel empathy for you. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Do you say that when you're sitting in a pub or having a glass of wine or just chilling with a cuppa? Do you say that word? You don't. <laughs> God, you know, it's it's really it's really refreshing to hear this, you know, because you you, you do you do feel yourself, you know. Um, I think we've all done it at some point. Well, of course we have, you know. And it's like, especially especially in the corporate world, isn't it? And it becomes this almost um, almost almost addictive language within a, within an organisation. So you you hear everybody else saying it. So you 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 do it. You know, you become, you become a sheep. You know, and. Um, I think to to hear you actually use a different term, but for the same thing, Shirin, is just it's like yeah, you're you're right. I mean, why are we why are we babbling this BS really seriously? Um, because in our in our real world, we don't do that. You know, there is something sometimes because uh, when we introduce a change to the organization, we're responsible to make sure that that message, the why we're changing and what we're changing and how we're going to go about it, it needs to cascade through the entire organization. And everyone needs to listen to it and hear it and understand what's going on, why we're suddenly trying to change things. So then um, there are people that their job is to come up with the messaging. And the ones that I've seen... The, they're doing a fantastic job are the ones that they just use such simple layman term. One of these really good senior change agents that I met, um, at the beginning, I thought he's not very smart because he was just talking so simple language. So it was just like very yeah, it was just no no glamorous, no big words, no corporate consulting words. And he was one of the most effective people that I met. And I learned from him that, can we just say it like normal things? And he was taking time. And sometimes he was going off a little bit. I was like, are we still talking about this topic? Because I'm like, A, B, C. <laughs> but the point was, the more senior you become, the less of messaging and more of normal language. That was it. I am going to use a bit of an overused word here, but authenticity, I mean, is 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 really key. And I've worked with sales teams in the past, and I've seen individuals, and I and I, I say to them, why why are you doing what you're doing? Because what they're doing is they're being somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's almost like an act. Mm -hmm. So when they're when they're doing the the, the client bit, mm -hmm. they're becoming somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you realize that this veil that you're that you you've you've put up, you've got to keep that now forever. Mm -hmm. And that isn't the real you. Mm -hmm. And the client wants to see the real you. That's right. You're building a relationship with somebody, you're building trust. Mm -hmm. How can you do that if you're trying if you are be, being somebody else, if you're putting up a, a facade, mm -hmm. an act? Right, and they used to go, yeah, but but I've got to do that. No, 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 you've not. And just like in any part of the work, any part of of life, whether it be with our friends, new friends, acquaintances, relationships, whatever, not everybody likes us. So just accept that, you know. But there are going to be some people that really, really, really like us mm -hmm. and love us. And and I think you know, 
there runs a risk, particularly in, in, in sales sometimes, where people say, oh, you know, there's this, this one that's banded around, be a chameleon, adapt mm-hmm. to your audience. Yes, I agree to a degree, mm-hmm. but don't change who you are yes. and use language which you're familiar mm-hmm. with, not necessarily um, that, that you think you should say. Ian, do you know why we tend to get script or type of personality or we just go into that? It's coming from our traditional education system that comes with a set of script and a set of language and a set of processes. And if you want to be successful in this myth, this profession, you're going to, this is how you're going to go. It's like kind of shape-shifting yourself to something else into this profession as opposed to completely something different, which is that's the education training um, teaching. But the coaching one is tries to, what I have learned is that it tries to bring you out in order to get to deliver what you need to deliver or do what you need to do. So a lot of work with um, executives and senior managers we do we spend time on on learning. Like I've got a whole set of training on the things that we need to unlearn. Either it was not best education or now you are at a certain age with certain level of experience that this thing that you've learned is no longer serving you. So you need to let it go. One of them... So you need to unlearn it. Unlearn it, yes. One of them is overuse of words that you don't use normally. Another one is, uh, like when it comes to management, there is a whole stack of things that once upon a time was really good, but now you're stepping into leadership. So that's no longer serving you. So, yeah, on learning. Wow. It's a great thing to explore. and. I could go down a right big rabbit hole with you now, but I'm not going to. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to. So, Sharon, obviously, you know, you you work with lots of different uh, executives or, of lots of different um, levels and everything else. Is there a common trait that you can put your finger on? And this is a this is a really difficult question. So I'm 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 going to apologise in advance if 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 you just say Ian, it's going to take me all day to answer that. Um, is there a particular trait that you see in real high-performing executives? Yeah. So there are high-performing and high-impact. There are two. Oh, I like yeah. that. So there are people that like one is doing your job really well, and then the other one is doing the job, the good job, and making sure everyone is coming with you, doing the right thing and doing the thing right. Did you know that saying that? So with high impact and high performers, um, high performance is all about being quite um, driven, knowing your numbers, knowing the outcome that you're after targeting and setting the thing. That's quite known. And normally peak performance is in that space. When it comes to high impact, is the ones that they have softer skills and basically they are leaders regardless of their job title. For that, they have courage, they have personality, they have, um, they stand for something. Um, if you want to stand, I always say, if you want to stand out, you need to stand for something. So high impact people, they you see other elements in them. They are the whole leadership things that you need to know yourself, your identity, you need to know your profession, your edge. You need to have your presence needs to be right, your language and your messaging and all that. Um, So if I want to compare these two things, high performance and high impact, I would say high performance is about managing the job, the service, the product, the, the thing about it. And high impact, which is leadership, is about people, is about us, is about us together, is about wider community, it's about people and the planet. And it's that's how you can create an impact by awareness and working towards those stuff. 
Okay. So off the back of that, thanks for explaining that because I, 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 I'd never thought of those two clear, clear definitions and, and it, it makes so much sense. But off the back of that, Sharon, um, I, I, I was made aware uh, recently, um, sort of like, you know, within the last few years, that a lot of senior roles now whereby quite a while ago it would be, okay, let's look at this CV. What qualifications has this person got? What degrees? What's this, 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 this? There seems to have been a shift, certainly in, in the tech space, uh, in a lot of these um, groundbreaking startups, where recruitment of senior people, there's a massive, massive focus also on their EQ, their emotional intelligence. Can you share with us some insights over those two two sort of uh, strengths, i.e., you know, somebody academically brilliant may not be leadership material because they they lack in EQ. Mm -hmm. Is that is that fair of me to say? Is that is that is, is, yeah. is, is a good observation? We always say EQ, IQ will get you the job. EQ will get you the promotion. Wow. So, yes, of course, for you to be able to be a manager, being someone that design architects, um, forms shape around what is getting put in the hands of customer, you need to know the job. So you need to have, be smart and experienced. So no problem. No, no question on your capability, your craftsmanship, your all of that. But if you want to be able to lead a team, if you want to be able to lead a startup or even larger organizations, particularly larger, when you want to move the entire ship, then you do need EQ, which is understanding of your emotion, others' emotions, and then making decisions and managing that. Great explanation. And I hear your amazing insights and and this what this cutting through the noise and you know some of the the the, the interesting content you put on the likes of linkedin platform and, and and elsewhere it sort of resonates with the audience so much because they're like yeah you know it's like yeah you're right Sharon. god why are we talking all of this sort of language but Sharon, why what do you find most satisfying about doing what you do you know the core thing behind why i do is yeah, okay, the title and all that, the, the sales, um, you know, slogan is that I get you, help you to get a better job. Of course, they can do it. They don't need me, but I'll fast track that. But the core reason behind it is I believe we need to restructure and redesign and revisit the whole corporate world. And the best way to do that is to develop leaders that they are futuristic so they want to take us to the future. They're not scared of the future. They're taking the matters into their own hands. They are caring for people and the planet. And they are ambitious and driven. So see, traditionally, this caring and ambitious, they were mutually exclusive. You were either this softy, greeny, loving person that was in charge of community and, you know, a good shoulder for a cry, maybe a conversation. And then your Wolf of Wall Street, that anyone that wanted to grow something would go to that. What if you could be both and bring these two together? So care for people and the planet, and on the other side, driving your profit. And I have been that person. So I know my numbers. I teach everyone not to numbers. Grow your numbers. Growth is your key thing. Otherwise, why are you in the business ever? but also design it in a way that not only you deliver value to your <clears throat> customers, to your shareholders, but also you do good in the community, in the world, or at least you're not harming anything. The minimum is that while you're making money, don't harm anyone. <laughs> and for that, you need to be a little bit smarter because it's harder. And that's what gives me joy. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? And it's like it's like as as I'm listening to that, you know, that um, that sort of uh, analogy of of, of the, the, the traits 
folding over and, 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 and sort of seamlessly becoming one. The word hybrid sprang to mind, but I don't want to drop a cliched word. I don't know what it's <laughs> I would just say you can be a good human that drives business. So that's how I would say it. I don't have a word for it, but I think there are a lot of new designs coming, like B Corps are the ones, B Corporations are the ones that they are now um, actively designing or defining standards for companies that they are like conscious of what they do. Um, my part is a very small part is just making sure technology in financial services and in other industries is used um, in a way that doesn't harm anything, anyone. And that's my contribution. And it's interesting, isn't it? When we spoke earlier about, you know, the large enterprises that have got these these boxed, you know, traditional ways of doing things. Well, watch out because there are many, many examples uh, uh, in recent times of these emerging uh, startups that, that mm-hmm. sort of have a very, very fast trajectory into the marketplace because they're smart people. They've mm-hmm. seen the fact that, you know, the, the big the, the big enterprise, yeah, you've been doing it like that for years, but actually here's a gap that, that you that you're missing and we're we're gonna we're gonna penetrate that gap and we're gonna we're gonna sort of open that opportunity up and then before you know it they're getting market share off of the large enterprise and before you know it they're overtaking them you know so message from little old Ian to any big enterprise that, any organization that's list, list, sitting there listening to this and sharing as well is be mindful yeah. that just because you've always done it that way, it isn't necessarily the way that you should continue to do it. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm certain that all of these men and women in the corporates, they are aware of this. It's just, yeah. How do yeah. we change that? Like I come as a next level to say, okay, you heard Ian's message. You know it already. So here are like top 20 things that you could do. Here we go. Let's go. Let's begin with the good work. So the the thing is, because the methods, there are a lot of new methods of new management, new, like coming up with new ideas. There are a lot of them, but they haven't been used frequently. So people don't know. They're not taught in MBA. Like a good MBA um, doesn't teach, it tells you how to run the current job, doesn't tell you how to innovate it, doesn't tell you how to change it. It doesn't. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's the key. And it's coming back to this, you know, as we described you in, in, in the introduction, uh, sharing a time bender, you know, I, I love that, you know, so, so you're, you're going into a corporation, as you say, there with probably 20 suggestions, but your 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 um, uniqueness, your your uh, differentiator. Again, I'm using I'm using corporate terms, but is is sharing that you are able to cut through the noise, cut the cut cut, cut through the, the the BS sometimes and the and, and the challenges, and just implement with precision timing. I love that. Um, Where's the future then, Shirin? Where's the future future for Shirin Dinesh? You've got a brilliant book out, which I would encourage everybody to read. Level up from unseen to sought after. It's a great read. Where's the future for you, Shirin? Until my I changed my mind and I find something better, I will be doing executive coaching and um, and leadership development. That's my core thing. Because traditional executive branding used to be like put a suit on or a complete makeup and uh, all that. And, you know, a couple of post photos left and right. And um, but that's just looking good outside. Inside, there's a lot of work that we can do. So I will I have dedicated my life, my professional life and my personal life. (laughs) <laughs> to this and um there's a need for it and um i can see like in the moment that you see someone that you've worked with gets that title and you know that they can get to that position not so much of a title because a lot of time higher profile role is actually not about a title 
sometimes is an interesting assignment. And you know, these people, like, I don't care about money. These people don't care about money. They'd say to me, Shireen, just give me something that is a little bit meaningful. I'm like, all right, um, let's work towards that and redesign the things that you've done. And literally sometimes, Ian, I get their resume and I shred it apart and I say, okay, talk to me about the things that are not on your resume. And they say, but what is that? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not interested in this boring phrasing. Tell, tell me what else do you do? What is your side project? What was the thing that you were, you were when you were a teenager you were doing? What's your your passion? And he says, oh, I used to be a jeweler or I used to be a carpenter or I used to, I don't know, do this thing. I was like, okay, so you know what other gem you have? You can be completely looking at something else. And that's the type that you find other skills or traits that they have inside them, as well as now years of experience. Like these are seasoned people, like they're not first year graduate. And you would just say, oh, have you looked at a totally different industry? And they say, oh, but I don't know. It's like, would you be able to, would you be open to explore it? And they say, yes. And then suddenly you have, like they become a star and you just facilitated creation of a star. And it's like, and sometimes I'm baffled. like, how did that happen? I get excited. I get a kick out of that. I can, I can see, I can see. And for those listeners, just listening to this on audio, Shirin right now in, in her, in her, uh, her home office is very animated. <laughs> she, her hands are going everywhere. She's got a, she's got an extra glint in her eye. There's that extra positivity that's surrounding her, that energy. This is, this is, so, I can see Shirin, this is, this is one of your key points. And you, and you know what I'm hearing there? You're actually nicking a little bit of mine, aren't you? Because you, when you're, when you're with those candidates, you're saying, what's your story, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> We could talk all day. I know we could. We, you know, you, you, you just, you just, you just an amazing person. And I want to open a couple of things before we wrap off with this exclusive at the end. Um, how? What is the best way for people to to reach you, Sharon, uh, to potentially work with you? What's what? I mean, is there is there uh, some social that you prefer? Is there a website? Is there a combination of a lot of things? What's the best way for people to find sure. you? Sure, LinkedIn is the best place. Everybody, I live in the LinkedIn, and that's the platform that I manage myself. Um, okay. uh, I'm, of course, on Instagram and YouTube and all that, but LinkedIn is definitely the place that I live. And in okay. terms of working together, so let's start with, I'll do an audit of your um, LinkedIn profile. Um, I'll send everyone that is interested, uh, just up, you know, send it yourself a link that people can go through that link and just connect with me on LinkedIn. Sure. Um, and I'll do it. What I'll do for you is that I'll do an audit. Is this the exclusive? We're talking yes. about the exclusive now? Yes. Okay. So listeners, this is now the exclusive. And and as Shirin says there, I will um, share with the audience the, your, your, the links that, that Sharon's referring to here. So I'll share her LinkedIn profile. Just click on my uh, Spotify page or wherever you're listening to this from uh, or, or or my other social media and, and you'll find Sharon's links there. So sorry, Sharon, I just wanted to, um, I was going to give it a big drum roll no. and everything else. But, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not going to promote myself in this, on your show. I'm just going to give the gift that I have to you. <laughs> so Sharon's going to give an exclusive. Sharon's going to, this is part of our exclusive. The, the first part of this exclusive is that she's going to look at your uh, LinkedIn profile and she's going to do an audit on that. And then go ahead, Sharon, where, where, where do we go from there? So yes, that's definitely something that I can do for you. And from there, there are multiple resources available to you. One of the things that I've done is an executive elevate program. It's a three month program in that I was mentioning that we just launched. So it's been going on for about two years. We did alpha tests. We did the beta test to make sure a couple of things. Anytime you offer a service, um, you need to make sure that a, it delivers the results for your customer. And then you also need to know that you can sell it. Sure, <laughs> that's, sure, that's, yeah. That was the test. So once it was successful, we launched it. Executive Elevate is a three-month 
um, leadership program that is designed to guide senior managers and executives to either land a higher profile role or if they are happy there, redefine themselves and their offering and their brand and their leadership presence. Incredible. That's amazing. Wow. So you heard that here on uh, So Watch Your Story today. Shirin, it's been a real pleasure um, just chatting with you and, and, you know, getting to know, you know, what, 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 what Shirin Dinesh is all about and how she is making just this massive positive impact in the world of leadership um, and to, to people. But um, thank you for joining me. It's been fun. It's been enlightening. It's been thought provoking. And um, I, 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 I hope to meet you in person one day. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you, Ian. While you were talking, I learned something from you. Not only you are amazing in navigating the questions and directing the conversation, you are a very good listener. You pick up really amazing things. So it's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's very kind of you to say, and I will take that as a compliment. Of course, I accept that as a compliment. Thank you so much. It's uh, It's been a pleasure, and I could just talk to you for forever. Enjoy Sydney, Australia, which right now I'm sure has got a great temperature and sunshine and everything else. We here in little old England, I actually walked in the woods with my dog yesterday, early morning, and there was snow coming down. There was snow, you know, so um, maybe we're going to have a white Christmas. Um, anyway, Shirin, real, real pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to uh, speaking with you it's again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I think you'll agree. That was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's so what's your story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So Watch Your Story. <laughs>